Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Dac Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605 692 1430. 605 692 1430. With us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. Always good to be here. Thank you for being here this final Wednesday of June. Yes. We've had a special thing going on these last few weeks. Our, we're doing a giveaway for anyone who calls in with your questions. or for We're going to do a drawing uh, for individuals who call in with your questions. So every week we look forward to answering your medical questions. To encourage your questions, those of you who ask a question will be entered into a monthly drawing for your choice of one of Dr. Holmes' books, Life's Final Seasons, or A Picture of Health. So this is the final Wednesday of June, so we will call our winner after the show today. Your question will remain anonymous, but be sure to provide your name and phone number when you call in your question so we can contact the winner today. There are wonderful people here at the radio station ready to write down your questions and deliver them to us here in the studio. So just to reiterate, when you call in with a question, your question will remain anonymous, but if you provide your name and phone number, we will add you to our summer monthly drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books. So if you want to give us a call now with your question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, as we wait for those questions to come in, let's talk about fireworks. We're all looking forward to 4th of July and family time and fireworks shows and all yes. of that. But there's some things for us to keep in mind to be safe with yes. for ourselves and our kids and all of that. Give Definitely. us some of those reminders. Definitely. So, you know, last year there was at least nine people who died from fireworks-related mm. injuries and over 11,500 injuries that were reported. And that those are just the reported ones. I'm sure there are several that weren't reported. Um, but I know e- when I was working in the ER, um, I w- we were asked to kind of keep a log of fireworks-related injuries for Um, data tracking purposes for the state. So uh, we definitely want to make sure that people aren't getting hurt by fireworks and there's safe ways to do them. Um, One thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is how hot sparklers are. And that's something we tend to think is like a very safe firework because it doesn't go boom. It just is lights up and it's pretty. But um, sparklers actually burn between about 1800 degrees and 3000 degrees Celsius, Mm. sorry, Fahrenheit even higher Celsius. So Fahrenheit, I mean, that's really hot. That's hot enough to melt gold. Mm. So the idea of now I'm thinking as a mother, I'm like, oh my gosh, I handed that to my child. Right, right. (laughs) Would I hand my child something that's burning at 2,000, 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit? Maybe not the best idea until they're older and a little bit more responsible. So, you know, for the little ones, especially, you know, 
uh, early elementary, I would say glow sticks or, you know, bloom poppers or the little snaps, you know, those are a lot, lot safer mm-hmm. than, than handing them a sparkler. Yeah. Um, so finding ways to do that, because actually for children under five, a quarter of their injuries were related to sparklers because mm-hmm. they are hot enough to burn clothes. The sparks can ignite fabric so you just have to be very careful with those and plus you're running around with a pointed stick right i don't know any child that can stand still when holding a sparkler they're running around they're waving it they're swinging it everywhere so just make sure that you know they're old enough to know how to be safe and responsible with that do be aware that they are really hot and you know dispose of them properly with our winds and every hot temperatures dry grass very easy for things to catch on fire so always make sure that you have water available and after you've used your fireworks definitely let them sit in water and douse in water so they don't reignite and uh, cause fires because that's the other injury that seems to happen you know will unintentionally start a fire somewhere else so as my husband who's on the fire department will appreciate if you have water available and definitely make sure that they're completely out and not ignited Um, definitely have responsible adults handling fireworks do not be shooting them at each other. I uh, <laughs> Welcome to the 80s <laughs> when we were like shooting bottle rockets at each other. Don't do that, please. Uh, that can be hearing um, problems if it explodes, you know, and pops next to your ear, eye injuries. The most common injuries with fireworks, although, will be burns uh, because you're dealing with that. Um, use them as they're intended by the manufacturer do not be tying a big bundle of sparklers together to make a sparkler bomb it will explode you will have shrapnel it is i've seen them watch a youtube video to watch someone else's stupidity don't replicate it yourself please Mm -hmm. um so just be very careful because these are very dangerous if not used properly Uh, if you don't use it properly and there are some that are duds don't try to reignite a dud Mm -hmm. (laughs) if if it didn't work just let it go it's okay yeah um probably the safest way with fireworks is watch the ones that professionals do they they have training they have to go to special classes to be able to use those and they're big and they're pretty yeah so you know find a safe way to enjoy the fourth of july so you can Enjoy it next year with all your fingers and nothing burned <laughs> and your hearing intact. So right. definitely do that. That's good advice. Uh, you mentioned the the ears and the loudness. I know both my kids really struggled with how loud fireworks were when they were young. Now yes. they love them. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was fun to see that transition from one year to not loving them to the next year loving them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we can think ahead as parents to try to make sure that night can be fun for everyone. Maybe come up with some options. Um, Maybe if you're sitting inside a car to watch some fireworks Mm -hmm. or if you have ear protection. With my kids, we would do the hearing protection, like the little earmuff ones, uh, hearing protection that my husband uses when he's, you know, mowing or um, using power tools. I mean, those are very good things, especially for younger kids. Their hearing is a lot more sensitive and they're loud. Right. The closer you are, the louder they are. Right. Um, so that's definitely a good thing to protect your hearing. Right. Yeah. And then you were mentioning sparklers and running around and I'm like, yeah, and it's also dark. And usually. it's dark. And you're tripping. <laughs> so, and yes, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, just some, some good safe. things to keep in mind as we try to keep everyone safe as we yep. celebrate. Have fun, but we don't want you in the ER because you had an injury. That would be preventable. Right. 
Absolutely. Well, it is time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. And get your name entered into our monthly summer drawings for one of Dr. Holmes' books. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI, or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your question at 605-692-1430, 605-692-1430. And with your question, if you give us your name and phone number, we will get you added to our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. Before the break, Dr. Cruz was giving us great advice about fireworks and good reminders to keep us all safe uh, this upcoming holiday weekend. I want to switch gears Dr. Cruz, uh, Dr. Jennifer May wrote a great essay for Prairie Doc this week that can be found in our newspapers throughout the state and region. And she talks about the immune system. And I appreciated learning about the two different parts to our immune system. Could you tell us all more about that? Yeah. So uh, she was basically talking about, you know, there's the, the immediate response and then there's kind of the memory cells delayed response. So, um, There are blood cells that are kind of seek and destroy, and they don't care what they're, they're kind of going out and saying, is this from the body? Is this me? Or is this something else? And if it recognizes something as something else, it just grabs it and takes it. It doesn't care. Okay. And then there's a lot more um, um, specific responses with antibodies and basically these memory cells and T cells and different types where you're getting um, more of a response to a specific thing that is on a virus or a bacteria that it attaches to and says, yep, this is definitely the bad guy. So it kind of confirms the identity. But those take more kind of time to amp up. And if you see, um, you know, one of the macrophages catches one of the bad guys and then goes, hey, I recognize that guy. Hey, let me get all my friends together and then I'm going to attack. And so that takes, there's a little bit of a delay Um, in that response. So it takes a little bit longer for that to kind of amp up to be a more targeted, yep, I'm looking for this and this only instead of I'm just looking for something that looks a little suspicious here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting how our body has kind of those two layers of defense where it's a a, just a general search and destroy and a very targeted, I am looking for this and I'm going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes our immune system, what I understand is it gets maybe out of control or (laughs) gets it wrong and then we have problems yeah it can and that's where you get the autoimmune disorders where the body is all of a sudden it's recognizing something 
on the body that looks like a bacteria or looks like a virus because viruses are pretty sneaky. They're like, well, if we kind of look like something that's familiar, we, we might sneak by that first level of defense, but that second level of defense might attach to it. So there are viruses that look very similar to thyroid cells. And so then after you can have a viral infection, sometimes you can end up with um, autoimmune thyroiditis where the thyroid gets attacked because it looks a lot like that virus that was just oh. hanging around. So your body can attack that. And um, again, those receptors where it's attaching to that it's supposed to recognize, again, is a little too close to something that's already in the body. And then you can start attacking yourself kind of by accident. Gotcha. So if we want to try to help keep our immune system healthy and mm -hmm. running the way it's supposed to, yes. what are some things that we can do to do that? Yep. The biggest thing you can do is get plenty of sleep, get plenty of um, good nutritious food, fluids, rest, work on stress. Basically take care of your body because a body that's tired and run down is going to have a lot harder time responding to these issues and threats than a body that's well rested that's taken care of you know it, it's kind of like your car if you have a car that you take to the um, dealership and you get it tuned up and you change the oil and you wash it and you put in good gas it's going to run and do really well if you have a car that you ignore the check engine light and you've ignored it for like six months and you never change the oil and you know the wiper fluid is completely dry but you're still trying to crank up and and have it spray your car is not going to run well. It's going to give you problems. So the better you take care of your body, the better it will run, the better it will take care of you. Great analogy, Dr. Cruz. You're good at those. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, we did have a question come in, and I'll just remind our listeners, if you have a question you would like us to address, give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. And when you call with your question, we'll get you added to our drawing as well. Dr. Cruz, this listener is asking if you could explain what a fasting diet is and what the benefits are. She says she doesn't quite understand how it works. I've been hearing more about this too. I've been seeing some ads. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, maybe fasting diets have been around a long time. Maybe there's something that have just kind of gained some popularity recently. I'm not really sure. But what do you know, Dr. Cruz, mm -hmm. about fasting diets? Well, they have been around for quite a while, but they have gotten a lot more popularity recently. Okay. They've kind of come in vogue. Um, so when they're talking, they're usually talking about what's called intermittent fasting, where you kind of go longer periods between eating, um, you know, 10, 12 hours. And then what the point of that is, is you're trying to basically put your body into what's called ketosis. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to force your body to use up all the sugars that it has and then start breaking down fat to make more sugar. And by breaking down the fat, you're losing weight. So by doing that, that um, helps people lose weight because they need to use the energy and fat is stored energy. So if you're not giving your body any energy, it's going to make its own uh, through that. And that is where people end up losing weight. Okay. So... Um, not a great idea if you're diabetic mm. uh, because your body already has issues with that and you can you know, end up in what's called diabetic ketoacidosis where you get too much of those ketones and, and ketosis. Um, so definitely something you want to talk to your doctor and see if this is something that's safe for you. But for a general person that doesn't have any issues with diabetes or blood sugar or insulin issues, uh, it is a way where you can 
lose weight by um, basically putting your body into starvation mode and saying, hey, let's use these fat stores instead of saving them for a rainy day. Today's a rainy day. Let's use them. Mm -hmm. So and then you eat at certain times. And again, healthy, um, low carbohydrates. You're not just packing back on what you just took off. Um, so that's basically the, the general idea of it is you're basically trying to force your body to use the fat stores. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not something where you go yeah, 24 hours without eating at all. I mean, that would be unhealthy. Uh, but it does kind of have this intermittent where you'll go a little bit longer period. Um, kind of more like people years and years and years ago where you didn't have a meal every day or, you know, if you're a bad hunter, you went hungry. Sure. So that's kind of going back to our, you know, very long ancestors where, you know, you're working in the fields in the 1500s and you had a bad year with, and there was famine. You know, those people were designed to put on fat to store for bad times because they knew they were going to be bad times. Well, our worst time is being 30 minutes away from a McDonald's. We're not really having that many bad times, but our body still wants to store in case we have famine that's going through because we have a plague of locusts. You know. Sure. Not probably going to happen, but that's what our body is still designed to prepare for. So since we've got an abundance of food, it's very easy for our body to get over aggressive with storing that fat and storing that energy stores for a famine that's never coming. Mm -hmm. So um, the intermittent fasting kind of says, hey, guys, why don't we use this stuff and not save it? This, this is a great time to use it. Right. I don't know if this is related or not, but I've heard different people say, you know, I don't eat after 7 o'clock mm -hmm. or I sleep better if I don't eat after a certain time. Uh, is that something that it medically can, you sometimes recommend for certain conditions or not necessarily? Um, I, I have a lot of times with acid reflux, especially not eating too close to nighttime where you're laying down flat because mm -hmm. that can definitely help, especially watching certain foods with caffeine. Uh, as caffeine, one, would keep you up, and two, would relax the muscle that keeps the stomach closed and can make acid reflux happen easier. When you're laying down flat, there's really no gravity to keep that acid in the stomach where it's supposed to be because you're laying down flat and not sitting up. So definitely uh, when you eat and how much you eat um, can help with how you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Give us a call with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. And we will get you added to our drawing for a uh, monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. We will return following this message from the Avera Medical Group. We are living in a stressful time as we deal with the global pandemic. The following are some tips to help your emotional health. Fuel your body by eating a healthy, well-balanced diet and drinking plenty of water. Aim to get seven to eight hours of sleep each night. Exercise every day. Take deep breaths and stretch often. Avoid risky or destructive behaviors such as abusing alcohol or drugs, excessive gambling, or ignoring public health recommendations. Spend time outside, such as going for a walk in a park, but follow social distancing guidelines. If you feel overwhelmed by the emotional pressures, reach out to family, friends, or your medical provider. This tip is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. 
Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call now with your questions and get added to our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. You can reach us at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, another question came in. Is 80 over 64 a dangerous blood pressure for a sedentary person? If so, what can be done to make it normal? And can a person's meds be a factor in blood pressure? Okay, so several questions there. So first off, 80 over 64 is a lot lower than normal. Our normal is 120 over 80 is kind of what our goal is. Um, this is one where I would say it depends. Okay. Um, it. I always like to treat patients, not numbers. Mm-hmm. So if they're not having any symptoms with this, and they've been like this for a very long time, They that may just be their normal, and okay. that's okay. There is normal variance for every number. We have averages. So if they're able to get up and stand up and not feel lightheaded or dizzy, if they're doing everything they want, they're not short uh, a breath with activity, they're having absolutely no symptoms, and they've been like this for 10 years, 20 years, eh, probably mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. If they stand up and they feel like they're going to pass out, if they have passed out, if they're feeling short of breath, if they're no energy, then yes, I definitely would do something about that. So um, this is someone where I would say you can have as much salt as you want. <laughs> very, very rare for me as a doctor to say, shake it on, but go ahead. You may use salt. I have had people that thought, you know, salt is bad and like cut salt out of everything, Mm. you still do need salt. You need some salt. Everything is in moderation. So too much or too little of a good thing is bad. So I would say if you have a low blood pressure, don't be restricting salt. Don't be restricting fluids. You can drink. You can use salt. Those things will help bring your your blood pressure up. Because if you're a little dehydrated, that can cause your blood pressure to go down. If you have too little salt, that can cause your blood pressure to go down. In fact, sometimes we actually prescribe salt tablets to Mm. people with low blood pressure. Mm -hmm. Uh, There also is a prescription medication that we can prescribe that will help bring blood pressures up. Um, the other question I would say is, are they on medications for blood pressure? Because if they are, they might be a little too high and we might want to dial back on that. Sure. So uh, definitely looking at talking with your doctor and saying, okay, what are my medications? Some medications, yes, can definitely lower blood pressure. We know this. Um, so medications for like urinary retention for prostate issues. A lot of those also have kind of a secondary side effect of lowering blood pressure. So talk to your doctor. And if you're on medications, we may want to look at those and tweak them. May need to pull them, some things back because I've seen people where we had them on three, four, five blood pressure medications. They changed their diet. They started exercising. They lost a ton of weight. And now all of a sudden, their blood pressures are 80 over 64. And we need to start taking away some of those meds because they changed their diet, their lifestyle, their weight. And in doing so, improved their blood pressure. So we don't need all of those meds. So sometimes it can be doctor-induced because we were treating something. And now we don't need to. Something improved, something changed. Mm-hmm. What are some of the risks if we do have a low blood pressure for an extended period of time? So it, the, lo- the blood pressure is telling me what pressure the blood is moving through the body. And if it's not enough pressure, it's not going to get up high enough in the body to the brain. And uh. you need your brain to think. Mm-hmm. And you need your brain working. So that's why people... 
that have a low blood pressure, if they stand up too quickly and they feel woozy, they might pass out and faint because that gets you into a flat position. When you're flat, blood can make it to the brain. So your body's really smart. The brain is like, if I can't get blood, I will make myself get blood by making you lay down. <laughs> and I will force you to do it. You have no choice. So we don't want that because your brain will force you when it's not always convenient. Mm -hmm. So if we can prevent that from your body forcing you to lay down, um, that would be a good thing. Got it. All right. Very good. Well, we have just a few minutes left. We're going to go to our final break. If you have a question you would like us to address, give us a call now at 605-692-1430. With any medical questions you would like to address, and give us your name and phone number, and we'll get you added to our monthly drawing for one of Dr. Holmes' books. Again, that number is 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Hospice is medical care designed to maximize comfort and quality of life for patients facing terminal illnesses. Hospice provides pain management, emotional support, help with family care, and spiritual care to the patient and their family when a cure is not possible. Brookings Health System employs a caring team of professionals and volunteers sensitive to the changing needs of patients and family members during this difficult time. To find out more about hospice in the Brookings, South Dakota area, call 696-9000 or talk with your primary care provide provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Back to Prairie Doc Radio, I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Today is the final day, Wednesday of June, and we will be doing a drawing after today's show for those who have called in with a question. So if you want to get in on that drawing, you have just a few minutes left. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, we have a question here about an itchy mouth. After eating certain fruits, uh, this person experiences an itchy mouth. What causes that? That sure sounds like an allergy to okay. that food. So it could be either an allergy or to the food, or it could be an allergy to something called mugwort, which is a kind of a ubiquitous plant in kind of these orchards and uh, fruit fields. Hmm. Um, and that can get onto the produce. And it doesn't really wash away, but uh, it is a protein that if you cook the fruit or the vegetables, it denatures the protein and it goes away. So my husband has this. He cannot eat raw carrots. If he eats raw carrots, his lips will swell and they'll tingle. If we cook them, we denature that mugwort protein. So he's not allergic to carrots. He's allergic to the protein that got stuck to the carrots. Ah. And when you cook it, it denatures it. He can eat cooked carrots, but he can't eat raw. So it, it's, if you're feeling a tingling, I would say that probably means there's an allergy. Uh, if you really want to get to the bottom of it, uh, I would get in appointment with an allergist so they can do the food testing. Uh, because some of these foods, uh, certain fruits and vegetables, if you have an allergy to that, you are at a higher risk for a cross-sensitivity or allergy to latex. Mm. Um, so that's something, especially like bananas. If you're allergic to bananas, you can have an allergy to Band-Aids, which is odd. But um, if you're allergic to bananas, you might have an allergy, allergy to Band-Aids. Yes. Yeah. And to the okay. adhesive and the, you know, and like latex and Band-Aids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So very interesting thing. So I would say if you're feeling that, you know, try a Benadryl before. And if it goes away, great. Okay. That, there's your answer. Um, 
but the best way to know for sure would be to talk to your doc and probably get an appointment with an allergist to do formal testing. And then you can see, because there are, is a lot of crossover with food allergies, um, you know, like stuff in the berry family, you know, that can all, um, you know, so it might not just be kiwi, it might not just be carrots, it could be multiple things, and then you'll know what you need to avoid. And, and again, um, sometimes it's just raw and not cooked, so you can have apple pie, but you can't eat an apple off a tree. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of crazy things like that. So gotcha. it's good to know. Is it dangerous to eat these foods if you are experiencing that itchy? If, if you're feeling it, I mean, it can progress over time and you know lead up to what we call anaphylaxis, where the tongue swells and you have a hard time breathing. Um, is it going to happen? I would say there's a small risk, but not zero okay. of that happening. Um, but who wants to eat with something that makes your mouth itchy? itchy. Exactly. So I would say try to avoid it because it's probably not your friend. There are plenty of other foods that you can try that won't make your mouth itch. So if it makes it itch, I'd probably try to avoid it. Okay. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Dr. Cruz, for that great information today. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, June 30th, we will be rebroadcasting a show on food allergies hosted by Dr. Jennifer May. Dr. May is joined by Dr. Hallie Anderson, a board-certified pediatrician and allergist at Rapid City Medical Center, and Dr. Kimberly Hoshagan, a board-certified pediatrician with Black Hills Pediatrics. So tune in this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.